Welcome to the Bears, Birds, and Brews podcast. This is a show about Chicago Bears, the Atlanta Falcons, and craft beer. My name is Asif Wakani. My co-host is... Nabil Alani. And on today's episode, we have a lot to talk about, such as Super Bowl is coming up in two weeks. The Super Bowl matchup is set. We got the Kansas City Chiefs and Tampa Bay Buccaneers playing in the Super Bowl in Tampa Bay. First time that's ever happened. Uh, before that, we got to talk about this past weekend's AFC and NFC championship games, which were pretty incredible in a lot of different ways. And before that, uh, we have a lot to talk about from this day in sports history. A lot has happened in the last year, in the last 40 years. And before that, as we do with every episode, we got some beer that we're drinking. So there you go. Perfect timing on the beer. Nabil, go ahead and tell them what beer you're drinking and what you're pointing at the camera right now for those who cannot see you. Yeah, uh, so I am drinking uh, the return of the Tripping Dead by uh, Tripping Animals out in, uh, I think they're in Miami, so it kind of works out with Tampa-ish, you know, Florida. Um, and this is a Berliner Weiss style. Um, it's cherry, coconut, almonds, and vanilla sitting at a uh, 6%. So yeah, and, go and Return this. of the Tripping Dead. With, and I am um, drinking this out of this amazing Back to the Juice Festival. Um, I'm getting a camera. Back to the Juice Festival um, glass. Uh, we couldn't go back to the juice last year, but maybe this year. But let's go ahead and try this. And while the bill's drinking that, I can tell you that Tripping Animals is located in Doral, Florida, which I believe is a suburb of South Beach in Miami. Yep. Um, so there you go. Return of the Tripping Dead. And this one, we had this over the weekend, the bill. Um, mm -hmm. as you'll recall, because we watched some football together over the weekend that we safely did. with COVID as best we could. And this has what? Uh, almonds, cherry. What does this have? This has a pretty interesting flavor yeah, profile. Yeah, almonds, cherry, coconut. It's very coconut heavy. I really like this. Um, yeah. I think that just because we had, just because of all like the food and all like the other drinks we had on Sunday, I, I didn't get as much um, coconut, but it's very coconut strong right now. So, um, you know, uh, I can taste coconut, so that tells me a lot of things. You know, hey, not, no COVID over here. <laughs> right. <laughs> yes, thank goodness for that. And also, uh, I can speak to this beer because I had it over the weekend. One, shout out to Oak Tree Bottle Shop, which is where I picked this up from. We love you, Oak Tree. We'll be there soon. Uh, two, we, I think I've become a fan of tripping animals in quarantine. Yeah. I think this is the first time I got exposed to them. They were supposed to come up last year for Back to the Juice Fest. I believe is kind of how they were introduced to our Atlanta market, which is where we are. And um, what I liked about this beer is it is a sour beer. And so usually you want to have like one nice sour on deck um, for a gathering or even for yourself. If you got to just have one nice sour, this is a great one to go with. I mean, it's got a great color. It's very light uh, on the mouthfeel, but it's also got a lot of flavor to it. And it's very unique in terms of it fits that sour profile uh, checklist, you know, all the way down. So I'll say like, this is also like a good sour to have, like, like someone isn't really into beer, but they like wine. This kind right. of goes with, especially with the cherryness that's in there. Now the coconuts and the vanilla and the almond may throw them off, but the cherryness might be enough for them to be like, you know what? I can drink this instead of having to go out and get myself a box of wine or a bottle of wine. You know, one of these cans can, you know, do it for them. Yeah, and uh, two things regarding that. One, what did you say the ABV on this was? Uh, gentleman six. 
gentlemen six. So that's perfect for your casual wine drinker or for your heavy wine drinker. It's enough to give you somewhat of a, of a kick, but not, uh, nothing crazy. Mm -hmm. So it's a very easy warm up to wine working beer because that leads into my second point, which I love the, the cherry red color on this beer. I think it's mm -hmm. a beautiful looking beer and it's definitely appetizing just by looking at it. And of course yeah. the can art is amazing. And we'll post a picture of that at Berries, Birds and Brews as we were the beers. Uh, Nabil, you may have heard of the beer that I'm drinking right now. I kind of got a head start a little bit early on this beer, but this is the Roast of Hazelnut from Slowport. I haven't Bird. heard you of that. that. No, you never, never heard, heard of that. that. No. Well, it's funny you mentioned that because that's the beer that we made, my friend, with Slowport Brewing. Shout out to Matt Lamatina at Slowport. Shout out to everybody at Slowport who helped us put this collaboration together. As far as I know, breaking news alert right here. This is the last can, the last prowler of the Rose of Hazelnut in the wild. I'm drinking it right now. It's our beer. We were the first ones to drink well, it. Well, uh, Chef D is coming into my ear right now. They, it is still on tap at Slowcore. So if you oh, are interested, it's yeah. still on tap at Slowcore. So confirmed via Schefter right now. So bum, 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 bum. I told you we got breaking news um, on the show. So the Rose breaking of Hazelnut- Bruce. Breaking Brews, the Roast of Hazelnut is our beer. We made it. I'm drinking it. And the Bill's drinking another great beer. Um, and hey, we started we started the show on a high note. So we might go a little bit lower here for this next segment. You get ready for the bill? Uh, yeah, the definitely. Um, so so. I'll just, I'll, I want to lead into this by saying we're going to talk about some anniversaries that are coming up. Why Nabil's beer can is relevant to this is because Nabil's beer can has a tombstone on it that says RIP. So we talk about Return of the Tripping Dead, uh, which is the name of his beer. Today is the one year anniversary of the one and only Kobe Bean Bryant passing away. Uh, we've talked about this on the show a couple of times last year, but Nabil, it's one year later, Kobe's gone. You were converted into a fan kind of later on in his career. How are you feeling today, my friend? Uh it's just been a wild year. I mean, um, I feel like, you know, just 2020 in general, like this was like the startup when stuff started going really downhill because like, I think a month and a half from now is when quarantine started. So it's yep. just like, you know, this was like the first thing that kind of pushed everything over the edge. I mean, for you more specifically and me kind of as well, like, you know, you're started about a week, a week ago from today. So you know, you know, with your father. So um, yeah, everything kind of, that. yeah, everything is kind of just like start of like where we were last year and kind of like, okay, so this is where everything started going downhill. And now it's like, okay, we we made it to the other side. And it's not, I'm not saying like stuff is completely better, but you know, we made it, we're on the other side and it's kind of like, hey, we're going to keep going on through. Yeah. And so a couple of things to unpack there. One, I think a more succinct way of what you're trying to say in the bill is the passing of Kobe Bryant on January 26, 2020 was foreshadowing of the year that was ahead of us without, of course, us knowing it at the time um, because Kobe passed away, but then COVID happened. If you're listening to this, you know what happened last year. And then you know, again, like you alluded to in the bill, last year on this day, we were at my father's funeral I found out that Kobe passed away while we were, while we were saying our final respects uh, to my father's body. You were there, of course, very graciously, like a man, you were there. And we all appreciate that. But 
digging deeper into that, it's like last year on this day was very intense for me because I lost my father and we were saying bye to him at his funeral. And then at his funeral is when I got the news that Kobe died. And in a weird way, I'm kind of happy that I found out that Kobe died while my father's funeral was still happening as opposed to afterward. Um, because if it's going to suck, just let it suck as bad as it has to, you know, and then you move on as one big hurdle to overcome. And I think that's what we all did last year, obviously in regards to COVID, but then as NBA fans, as Kobe Bryant fans, as fans of excellency and um, mama mentality, you know, everything that Kobe taught people, mama mentality, get better every day, make the people around you better, work hard, be the hardest working person in the room and win with grace and, and take pride and have fun while you're doing great things. All those lessons we learned from Kobe, I think really were amplified, of course, since his passing. And then in COVID, we just had to persevere and overcome, like you said, Nabil, we had to get to the other side of it. We're here. Of course, we've lost a lot of people along the way, but we're trying to, we're better for those losses because we haven't lost them in vain. Um, I think that's a pretty good way to put it. Wait, do you have any thoughts on that or is that? No, I mean, no. So then, which is, okay, so then we're going to go a little bit more sad for a yeah. second <laughs> because we lost a lot of people last year. And then in the last week, we also lost the one and only Henry Lewis Aaron, Mr. Hank Aaron, a.k.a. the home run king. Yeah. Here in Atlanta, he is the home run king. He will always be the home run king. Um, yeah. Of course, I'm the resident Braves fan on the show, so I have a lot of thoughts. But, Nabil, you're a big baseball fan yourself. I'm sure this loss that we lost, losing uh, Hank Aaron over the, the – I didn't even know it was at the weekend. Yeah. The last few days I, affected yeah, you. Yeah, I think it Tell was Friday. I think it might have been Friday or maybe Thursday or Friday. No, it was um, Friday morning. Yeah, Friday morning we lost so, Hank Aaron. So, like, uh, you know, I'll just say that, like, you know, um, the the way that you know that Hank Aaron still the home run king, like everyone knows his number is seven fifty five. I don't know where Barry Bonds is home run wise. I know Barry Bonds has more home runs than Hank Aaron, but I don't know what it is. So, not not to take anything away from Barry Bonds, but like at the same time, like you're not going to take the home run king title away from Hank Aaron, if if that makes and, sense. Yeah, and so would you say that's twofold? Because I I assume you're coming from that in twofold. One, obviously the PED thing the scandal that Barry Bonds had, but then two, Hank Aaron did it first. Um, mm -hmm. He was the first one to break Babe Ruth's record. And then yeah. he was the new standard bearer. And in the modern era, Hank Aaron is the one who did it. And then he of course did it in a time of great racial discord in this country that was more prevalent then than it is now, but if, you know, might still exist as some players would tell you to yeah. exist in today's game. But Hank Aaron did it at a time and with complications that Barry Bonds did not have to deal with. But probably had to deal with, but not to that extent. Like, you know, I, I don't know what Barry Bonds yes. went through. Sorry, um, thank you for clarifying. Yes. Um, but, you know, at the same time, like, you know, Hank Aaron is still the legend. I mean, he's probably the best Brave of all time. Um, so, you know, I kind of equate it to when uh, Ernie Banks passed away for the Cubs. And then the next year, the Cubs actually won the World Series. Um, but yeah, Ernie Banks passed away and that was a huge thing, you know, not only for the Cubs for baseball, but for, you know, you know, racial, racial times and everything. And Hank Aaron, the same thing, like, you know, he started off, I think they were in Boston when they started, then he moved to Atlanta and, you know, Boston Braves, Atlanta Braves and, you know, 
he took he was the Atlanta Braves. He is the Atlanta Braves. Yeah. Um, and was Ernie Banks Mr. Baseball, Nabil? Mr. Cub. Mr. Cub. Mr. Okay. So he was he was that person for for the, for the Cub. Yeah. Yeah. And for yeah. The Cubs. And so okay, that's great in terms of honoring those legacies and those memories. I think the only thing I have to say about Hank Aaron, to your point, Nabil, uh Probably the greatest Brave of all time. One, yeah. Two, arguably one of the best baseball players of all time. Even if you take away the 755 home runs, Mr. Hank Aaron would still be in the 3,000 hit club, which yeah. is very rare. And then, not only what Hank Aaron meant on the field in terms of being a great baseball player, but then what he meant off the field in terms of civil rights, racial equality. I think in my mind, the way I kind of had it planned out earlier is. Jackie Robinson broke the color barrier and Hank Aaron defied the color barrier, right? They both played an extremely pivotal role in terms of people getting equal rights and equal opportunities in professional sports, but also just in society in general. And what they did with that honor is still resonating today. Um, And beyond that, I mean, Hank Aaron was a damn good baseball player. I mean, he was, yeah. he was the man. And then, of course, with the racial thing with Hank Aaron being in the hometown of Dr. Martin Luther King, which is so important to Atlanta's history and culture, it's almost like a perfect storm of sorts. And if there is a silver lining, I think just a few moments ago, you said that Mr. Ernie Banks died and the Cubs won the World Series the following year. Maybe the same thing could happen for the Braves this coming season. To honor, know, yeah. Right? Um, and then speaking of championships, Back to some good news. It's time to take a sip yeah. of your beer. Well, Let's show. Good that was pretty age. heavy. Rest in peace to everybody. Um, championships. On this yeah. day a few years ago, what happened to Bill? Uh, on this day in 1986, the Chicago Bears did win the uh, Super Bowl. So down in uh, New Orleans. So, you know, just wanted to throw that out there as well. You know, it's the only one that, that uh, they got. So... Hey, might as well just while we're recording on the date, might as well say hey, today is the day the Bears did win, you know, Super Bowl 20. Oh, yeah. And shout out to the Chicago Bears for winning Super Bowl 20. Um, they and shout out for not doing much sense. What's up? And shout out for not doing much sense. Right. Yeah. They still talk about it in Chicago because that's unfortunately all they got to talk about. <laughs> but I can tell you, I know what else y'all were talking about in Chicago over the weekend is Aaron Rodgers. A Rod, a Packers loss is almost as big as a Bears win, so I'll take it. Hey, Falcons fans, that replies to the Saints. Y'all know exactly how the bill feels when he says that. We can all agree with that. We love to see it happen. Uh, we did see it happen. The bill break down the game for us. What did you see in the game? So you know, hey, first of all, you know it was a great game to watch. You know, at one point, I think uh, Tampa was up by a big lead, and then Aaron Rodgers started doing Aaron Rodgers things, and it game became a lot closer. Um, I think the first pivotal part of the game was the end of the first half. Um, you know, they, Aaron Rodgers got the ball back with two minutes left and the offense was kind of stalling and Aaron Rodgers throws a pick. Now, some people think there was some defensive holding on that pick, but at the end of the day, Aaron Rodgers threw a pick and then Tom Brady did Tom Brady things. And he just threw a perfect pass kind of a perfect pass because uh, King actually did his jump way too early. And that gave 
I think uh, that gave the uh, Tampa Bay, what, a 10-point lead at half? Yeah. Yeah. And that was a pivotal part of the game. Like, that actually changed the entire outlook of the game going to the second half. Yeah. So, to your point, uh, he hit Tom Brady through, like, a 45-yard touchdown pass with, like, two seconds left to go in the second quarter. He literally – Scotty Miller. Right? And so that's one – um, two, do we need to fact check this? Because I feel like that pass uh, that Tom Brady threw at the end of the second quarter was actually to Scotty Miller. Not yes, that's what I said, Scotty Miller. Uh, King was the was a defensive back who who did his jump too early. Because uh, if he, if he wanted to stay with Scott Miller, maybe it would yeah. maybe he could have defended it better. But he just jumped like three Mississippi's way too early, and yeah. it was an easy catch for Scotty Miller. So just to your point, and the Bill's a football expert. He watches the defensive side of the ball. I watch the ball <laughs> because I don't know what the hell else to do uh, when I watch a football game. But I have said before in the Bill, hopefully you can back me up on this. I have said before, hopefully on this show, but I know I've said it. Once a game, Tom Brady makes a, a throw that shows you why he's the best quarterback playing right now, maybe ever. I think you could pick a number of throws from Sunday's NFC Championship game, but if you had to pick one, that had to be the one. That that was the game changer. That really was the game changer. Uh, it changed the dynamic. Like there was a lot of good throws and a lot of plays to Godwin, but that going into halftime, being up by that touchdown, um, that changed the entire outlook of the second half. And I guess a, a bad analogy because I didn't get to watch the fight, but you did. If you look at McGregor and Poirier. Uh, UFC over the weekend, which also happened this past weekend. McGregor took a bunch of shots and eventually he went down, not after the first shot, but after like in the second round, after a few. If you look at it like a UFC fight, that was the punch that put the uh, Packers down for the first time and showed yeah. uh, they probably might get beat today. Yeah. I mean, well, the other thing, well, after that, like in the second half, you just saw the pass rush keep coming. You know, keep coming on the Packers. Now, I will give the I will give the Packers, uh, you know, credit. They did get back in the second half. They did make Tom Brady throw three interceptions in the game. Uh, so they were still in it in the second half. Um, and you know, in the second half, two two big plays that came into came into my mind is one was that drop two point conversion by um was it Valdell Scantling who dropped yeah. that that drop two point conversion was huge because it changed the um it changed the factor when they had to do the next big play which was when they were they were um, on fourth when it was like what was it uh when Aaron Rodgers when he couldn't come back up for the fourth uh fourth down so if he would have caught that two-point conversion that would have changed the dynamic and maybe they would have gone for it on fourth down instead of you know seven for a field goal on um on third after third down which you know they, that was the game. they never got the ball back that was the game was they the never game. got the ball back yeah. after that and so to your point the bill a couple of things like you said packers had three interceptions in the second half off brady only scored six points and those six points were it wasn't one touchdown and a missed extra point or a missed two-point conversion it might have been actually it might have been but off three turnovers the packers only got one touchdown the formula that we saw beat the Packers in the NFC Championship game last year is what ended up beating them this year, which is one efficient offense, okay, whatever, but more importantly, an uh, unstoppable pass rush, a persistent pass rush yeah. all game, from all angles, from all players. It's not like the same guy was getting after 
Aaron Rodgers all day. I mean, it, it was Jason Pierre-Paul, but it was also Vita Vea, and it was also Shaq Barrett. And Namakin Sue, and yeah. you name it, right? And so that happened. Devontae Adams, for as great as he's been this season, probably had his worst game of the season, um, at least one of them. He didn't play well yeah. on Sunday. I'm sure he's mad at himself about that. And then to your point, Nabil, I think the, the last thing about that game that we thought it was over at halftime when that touchdown happened, then – Fast forward into the third quarter, the Packers didn't go for two the first time they had an opportunity. And instead of trying to make it a 10 point game when it was 28 to 16, they settled for the extra point. So then there's 28 17 on the very next Packers touchdown. That's when the drop two point happened. And it's a matter of, well, if you would have just gone for the two point the first time and you would have made a 10 point game. The first time, then you wouldn't have had to run that two-point conversion play when there's more pressure on you to get it right. You could have kicked the field goal. Then when you settle for the field goal on fourth down with two minutes and eight seconds to go in the fourth quarter, all you had to do is kick a field goal on fourth down and you would have tied the game and Brady would have had to do Brady things once again to beat you. Instead, all you needed was a first down. You missed opportunities and you gave the greatest quarterback of our lifetime, I think it's official after this weekend. Or maybe ever. Yeah, maybe ever. Uh, you gave him a chance to close the door on you, which is exactly what happened. So great game, more or less what you hopefully expected from two legends in the NFL. I don't know if I dropped Nabil or if Nabil dropped me. Is he coming back? But in terms of we got the matchup that we wanted. We saw Aaron Rodgers versus Tom Brady in the playoffs. If you're listening, you can tell us, please. Yeah, sorry, did I, did I drop off? I think you dropped off. I don't know if that was me. Okay, I thought it, I thought it might've been you, but anyway, we're, we're still recording. Um, I don't know where I left you at, so I'm gonna let you pick it up from here because I was just talking a bunch of shit. All right, so we were just, uh, and we're back. Um, not sure what happened there, but that was probably a good place to have a future sponsor talk. So, um, as we wrap up the first game, um, you know, trying to bring it back full circle as we end this, um, just want to say that, Hey, did, awesome. Did you know that Tom Brady has the same amount of NFC championship games won as Aaron Rodgers and Drew Brees? I do now. So where is Tom Brady's legacy right now? Like, I know we're talking about he's the greatest of all time, but um, like that is, that's just crazy. Like to think like the two best quarterbacks of the our NFC era in the past what, 10, 15 years well, I, is Aaron Rodgers and Drew Brees. Of our, of our divisions, of our conferences, but the two of the best quarterbacks we've seen in our lifetimes we're outgoated by the real goat because yeah. three of them have played simultaneously. It's kind of fascinating to think about. I got two quick points to make. One, Nabil, this roast of hazelnut has warmed up and it's excellent. So shout Lovely. out to us for making a great beer along with everybody. <laughs> and two, um, Tom Brady, he did, he did that without a full off-season program. Yeah. He, he did it virtually. So it's like, as a Falcons fan, I guess the thing that always comes back to is I get mad at Matt Ryan for not making plays, for not making things happen. $100 million franchise quarterback, da 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 People tell me I'm crazy. It should have been the defense. He has no running game, bad coaching, da 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 Dude, 
Tom Brady just did it over Aaron Rodgers, Andrew Brees, without an offseason. Yes, he went into a great situation, but the Packers. Matt Ryan isn't Tom Brady, man. What? Matt Ryan isn't Matt Ryan isn't Tom Brady. Clearly, neither is Drew Brees, neither is Aaron Rodgers. That's what it is. Fair statement. Fair statement. Right. So that's my thoughts on it. I mean, I think regardless of what happens this weekend, Tom Brady is a top three quarterback all time, if not top two. He's, he's the greatest. He's number one. There's only one. Um, we are going to talk about Aaron Rodgers' future, but that's going to be in a later segment. But just put a little pin in Aaron Rodgers, just make sure that's coming back up. Uh, because there was another game on Sunday, and that was the Kansas City Chiefs against the Buffalo Bills and Bills Mafia. Mm-hmm. Um, and that game wasn't as good as the first one, but it did start off completely different. Started off you seeing Buffalo get off to a 9-0, 9-0 lead. You see Mikel Hardman fumble the ball. And then you see not the GOAT, but possibly the next GOAT, you know, right. the young GOAT, uh, you know, the young GOAT, Patrick Mahomes, go up to Mikel Hardman, let him know that, hey, we need you. You're going to make the next play. And boom, he makes the next play. So what, you know, what are your thoughts? Like that game was not as close or as, competitive going down the line as this game was it got a little chippy near the end but from what we can see like Kansas City is just head and shoulders again ahead of the Bills right now Uh, offensive wise defensive wise yeah um okay you said not the goat but maybe the next goat so I looked up real fast what do we call baby goat and the baby goat is called the kid and that's what Patrick Mahomes is right now he's a kid and he's incredible um, what I love to see out of Patrick Mahomes on Sunday, one, Nicole Hardman dropped that ball at the goal line on special teams. The, the Bills pretty much threw a knockout punch like the Bucks did, right? Not in the same context, but in the same context, they threw a knockout punch. However, Kansas City, Patrick Mahomes said, let's go. And yeah. I pointed out uh, while we were watching the game, the Chiefs were, had been in this territory before, literally last year. They came back down from double digits in every playoff game that they played last year. They did it again this – well, not double digits, but they did it – they had to come back from – As like, close to double digits as you could possibly get. Right. Uh, two possessions at the very least. And so what do I think about Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs? I think they're legit. I think they're ready. And I think when you look at, hey, the Super Bowl matchup is the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the Kansas City Chiefs. Honestly, I have to look at that and say with all bias aside, the two best teams in the NFL this year are playing each other in the Super Bowl, led by the two best quarterbacks in the NFL right now. I think both of those are true statements and they're undeniable. Um, I, I was impressed by the Chiefs. I was not expecting it. If you go back and listen to last week's episode, yeah, you know, I wasn't expecting it, but damn, was I wrong. And I guess I'm happy I'm wrong because we should have a good game coming up in about two weeks. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, I'm really excited for the game, and we are going to preview the game on next week's episode. Um, but just saying, hey, it's it's literally the young goat versus the old goat, and I'm really excited to see what happens in this game. Um, you know, we never get to see Mufasa fight Simba, but we we get to see Mufasa and Simba go at it this week. And to next your week. point, what, this past weekend, we got to see what we thought was the goat versus the goat in Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers. And we thought if we ever saw that, it would be the last game of the NFL season. But what a treat for us football fans. We got to see Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers, the old school, versus Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen, the new school. 
and next week we get one more game between yeah. the old school and the new school. For as shitty of a year it's been, this is a damn good ending. Uh, or, or a great start. Yeah, or, for, or, or a great start. Yeah, absolutely, without a doubt about that. And, uh, well, speaking of endings and potential new starts, um, with the offseason coming, there's a lot of quarterbacks who will be seeing an ending in their run in a specific team and a potential new start. Uh, there was a confirmation that Matt Stafford and the Lions will be separating after this year. Uh, either they're going to trade them, release them. They're going to mutually, they have agreed to mutually part ways and Matt Stafford will no longer be a Detroit lion. And as a bears fan, I really would love to see Matt Stafford of the bears. But again, I don't know if he's going to end up on Chicago. I don't know if the lions will even trade Matt Stafford to Chicago, but there's a lot of good teams where he could end up, you know, a couple of teams that come to mind starting off with is Indy Patriots, you also got potentially one more time. San Francisco, San Francisco, definitely the Rams. I uh, I think there's a better shot that Stafford will go anywhere in the league than specifically to an AFC team. Hey, this this thought just came to me. I don't know if it ever happened, but New Orleans just lost its starting quarterback in the last 15 years. And yeah. you look at teams that are ready to win right now, one step away from winning. I mean. The, the Saints were playing up until two weeks ago with an old quarterback. So you get a quarterback who's still arguably in his prime. Hell, they yeah. might be in the NFC Championship next year. Uh, so Definitely. I would throw the Saints out of the question, especially now that they have a different front office, as we know. Um, who knows? Well, they, they still have the same front office. They just lost Terry Fontenot, who right. was so there. slightly two. different, you know? Yeah. Um, so a different thought process might be manifesting in New Orleans. Matthew Stafford has options. Aaron Rodgers might have options. Nevada, so, you're high on this. Yeah, I mean, I don't know what Aaron Rodgers' future is going to be in Green Bay. I mean, he originally, at the end of the press, end of, after the press conference of the game, he was saying he doesn't know what the future for him or some of his teammates are going to be, which, you know, is, you know, you wouldn't think that of who is going to be the MVP of the, of the league, saying that he doesn't know what his future is. And um, now they're talking. Now he came out today and kind of backtracked it on the Pat McAfee show. But at the same time, I do think that Rodgers isn't going to be like, okay, I'll play for another year. Then you guys can decide what to do with me. Uh, since Jordan Love is on the team, and Aaron Rodgers was not a fan of the Jordan Love pick, you know, he wanted someone that can help him out. Like, you know, if Justin Jefferson, for example, who the Packers could have drafted was there, you know, on Sunday playing, there's a better chance that the Packers beat Tampa Bay than not. So, you know, Rodgers is not happy. And he is, I feel like he's going to go to Packers uh, management and say, hey, either give me a four-year extension or trade. He's going to say, give me a new contract with more guaranteed money and more guarantee that I will be the quarterback for the next four years or trade me. So we're going to see what happens with that. That's going to be something to keep an eye on. So if I was to play hardball um, for a quick second, mm -hmm. for and if I'm just going to put on the, the face of the public as the GM of the Packers, right, because they're publicly <laughs> be, um, uh, do, do you own some stock? Because I don't know if you can actually do that unless you own stock. Well, I'm, you know, for the sake of media rights, I, I can pretend. All right. it. Fair and enough. So what I would say to Aaron Rodgers is, hey, man, 
you arguably lost us that game on Sunday because you had the chance to run for it on third down. Yes, we didn't okay. throw you out there on fourth down like we should have been. That's my fault. But we arguably didn't need to be in that position. If you would have just made a couple of the right plays earlier in the game, or if the refs didn't screw us on some no-call penalties that they did call for Tampa. So, like, while I understand you want to be the starting quarterback of the Green Bay Packers for four years, you do have to realize we're one in four in NFC Championship games with you as a quarterback. And that's with two different head coaching staff. So at what point are you going to accept accountability for us not winning at least this past Sunday? Um, so I know you want four years and extension, but you also had a great opportunity that you literally let slip away on Sunday. We're like, who are you mad about? Uh, I would say, I would say, Hey, either get, I would say I am the MVP of the league. I am in his mind and he might actually be the best quarterback of the league. Uh, I would say I either give me an extension. Money, anyway, continue, please. I would say either give me an extension, give me the extension that I want or trade me. Simple as that. Okay. Um, and me as Asif, I think it would be crazy if the Packers traded away Aaron Rodgers. I think it would set them back by a few years because even if Jordan Love is a successor, he's not going to be a Hall of Fame quarterback like Aaron Rodgers currently is and will continue to be. So I yeah. think it's going to set the Packers back significantly. I also think you have to look at who has the assets to trade for the Packers right now. There's not a lot of teams so, that come to mind. Slash, there are also other quarterbacks in the market, such as Matt Stafford, such as Deshaun Watson, uh, and literally a handful of others who Cam Newton, maybe not Jack as great, Prescott. but available. You're, you're not the cream of the – you're the cream of the crop, but there's a big market. And then lastly, I can't trade you to the Rams. I know you want to go play for Sean McVay, but I can't see you in the NFC Championship mm -hmm. next season. I need you to trade you out of conference. So that also narrows our options here. So I'm sorry, you're going to have to come back to Lambeau, my friend. So uh, we'll see what, like, hey, all I'm saying is uh, Aaron Rodgers right now is the MVP. So he has clout to be able to pull this off. Now, we saw a very similar thing with Brett Favre. Brett Favre coming off a great season with Mike McCarthy and you know they blew the NFC championship game and then he gets traded to the Jets and then eventually comes back with the Vikings so I, again I don't know what's going to happen I don't know what the future is but I feel like there's a chance that Aaron Rodgers may be getting the extension that he wants and the Jordan Love era is going to start later than we think it's going to start I mean all lies on Green Bay as it always is right everybody always needs to know what the Packers are doing one of the most beloved franchises in the NFL. Aaron Rodgers is one of the most popular players in the NFL. Uh, this is not the last time we're going to talk about the Packers on this podcast. Definitely not. Worry. However, we are going to move on now to um, – I mean, we talked about Watson being available. We talked yeah. about Stafford being available. Again, the quarterback market is hot right now. You know, it's also hot. It's the mock drafts. It's mock draft season. I know yeah. you know this. So – well, speaking of quarterbacks, um, on Mel Kuyper's mock draft that just came out this week, at number four. It today, actually. Was it today? At number four, the Atlanta Falcons, at number four, are picking BYU's Zach Wilson. That is going to be picking Zach Wilson over a Justin Fields, who actually goes, I believe, seven to Carolina in this draft. Yeah. 
or I think it was Detroit, but either way. Um, so, yeah, I mean, as a Falcons fan, I don't like this move. Don't get me wrong. I do think, excuse me, if the Packers, I mean, if the Falcons do stay put at number four, I think you're, when you look at best player available, if you go by that mentality, the best player available at number four will likely be a quarterback, whether it's Fields or Wilson. Um, you don't necessarily need another receiver, but one of those two quarterbacks will be there at number four and is worthy of taking at number four, arguably given the nature of the game. However, as a, me as a Falcons fan personally, and then the bill, I know you're a big fan of this. I want to trade back. I think Najee Harris would be the best piece to add to an Arthur Smith offense moving forward with an aging quarterback, with an aging Hall of Fame wide receiver, with another receiver coming into his prime, and with some role players who are stepping up, such as Hayden Hurst and Russell Gage. I think Najee Harris is a perfect fit. You look at how many blown leads the Falcons have had in the last four years, you could argue all they've ever needed is a running back. Um, so the Falcons, they put it four and they take Zach Wilson. I think you have to look at the Packers and say, well, Aaron Rodgers wasn't happy about this decision and we were successful with Aaron Rodgers. Do we want to find ourselves in a similar position with Matt Ryan a year from now if the fairy tale Super Bowl ending doesn't happen, which we all expected to from the bit, from the matter of like, this is what I, I require as a fan to be happy with the performance and the franchise and the legacy. Uh, I don't know if the Falcons want to get into that arena. I don't know if they should take Wilson at four, but I think I was surprised to see it. I'll tell you that. I, I yeah. wasn't expecting it. You know who wasn't a big fan of it? Roddy White. If you want to see some uh, interesting takes on this mock draft, uh, look up Roddy White on Twitter. He did have some interesting takes on Mel Kuyper's pick of, of Zach Wilson at four to the Falcons. Um, as we do wrap up, there was just some other news on quarterbacks. You know, we're sitting, it, it's a quarterback league. We're going to stand quarterbacks. Jay Glazer did say the Chicago Bears are going to go all out for a quarterback this offseason. What that means, I have no idea. Uh, but Jay Glazer is one that is in the know. He is what he says. You can normally put it down and say that's going to happen. So let's see. The only thing that I would say that I'm worried about when they say the Bears are going to go all out for a quarterback this year is why didn't they do it last year when you had arguably the best quarterback of all time available and who was interested in coming to Chicago as well, according to Dan Patrick, who was good friends with Tom Brady. So why didn't that happen? To your point, Nabil, we, if it would have happened last year, Chicago arguably would have been in the Super Bowl in two weeks because we saw that Tom Brady could do it in Tampa. One, two, yeah. um, it's funny because you mentioned Roddy White, I did look him up. And the reason I bring this up is Roddy White compared Zach Wilson to Mitch Trubisky, but less athletic. Not a good look if you're Zach Wilson or Mitch Trubisky or the Falcons or the Bears. I don't know if you want to go down that territory, especially with four being uh, kind of close to three where Trubisky was drafted. I'll say Zach Wilson played more games than Mitch going. I, I can't break down tape or anything, but Zach Wilson played more games than Mitch did going into the year he was drafted. Zach Wilson has been a three-year starter. Mitch was a one-year starter. Hey, so just, I don't I'm think it's quoting, apples to apples. Yeah, I'm just quoting Ryan right. Wall, That's what he said. And then yeah. uh, to close the draft segment up, Mel Kuyper hasn't always been the most accurate. He's kind of been wrong every year. He also had Mitch going number – he had Mitch going number one in his mock draft in 2017 over Mahomes and Watson as well. So 
Anyway. Okay. <laughs> um, that's it. And then for Bears fans, just Dak Prescott is available next year. Ryan Fitzpatrick might be available. Andy Dalton might be available. Cam Newton. But then, of course, you got Matthew Stafford, Aaron Rodgers, Deshaun Watson. Take your pick. Go all in. I would love Dak Prescott on the Bears. I would love Dak Prescott on the Bears. Um, thank you. Shout out to Trippin' Animals. Uh, Rip, Kobe, Hank Aaron. Uh, any last thoughts, Asif? Oh, yeah. Um, at Bears, Birds, and Brews, y'all know where to find us. If you're still listening and my audio fucked up a little bit, I sincerely apologize. This is on me. However, we appreciate you for listening at Bears, Birds, and Brews. We'll be back next week for the Super Bowl before we get canceled because my audio sucks. Um, rest in peace, Kobe, Hammer, and Hank. Stay safe. We'll see y'all next week. Thank you.